Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. The Disease of Restlessness Restlessness is described as the inability to be still, the need to constantly move, the struggle to be at rest. It may affect us mentally or physically, and it could be the result of mental health issues or even withdrawal from substances. When restlessness is a part of our everyday experience, and once we have engaged the proper professional help, we can look to its spiritual implications. This struggle to be at rest, to be where we are, can be seen as a greed for experience. Our bodies, our minds, and our hearts are seeking satisfaction. Although this can motivate us in positive ways, it can also drive us outward so that our actions don't issue from a free center, but rather from compulsion. Our lives can become consumed with the idea that unless we experience everything, see everything, are a part of a larger, large number of people's experience, we are small and meaningless. We can become impatient with every hunger, ache, irritation, and pain, and believe that nothing can be alleviate this discomfort. We set ourselves up filled with expectations that cannot be satisfied, convinced that all lack, all tension, all unfulfilled yearning is tragic. We are so focused on our own heartache that it's often difficult to be open and receptive to practices that might soften the bite and the internal ache of our dis-ease. The program of recovery acknowledges the struggle with restlessness and the compulsivity that results. The 11th step, the step that involves prayer and meditation, is the one step that we can do out of order, as it might be a more immediate antidote to restlessness and help us manage our need to interrupt our experience. Utilizing the tools of meditation, we can recognize our impulses and the tendency to grasp for experience, allowing for a more mindful response. With gentle practices, we can gradually gain clarity and relate to our thinking in a healthier way, aiding stress reduction. Breathing exercises can neutralize a fight-or-flight response, not holding feelings and thoughts inside, finding others to talk to about what we are experiencing can also be helpful as well as getting our feelings out through journaling or exercise. There are different solutions to what we are feeling, 
In the ache of restlessness, we learn to reframe our experience to remind ourselves that our solution is inside, seeing ourselves as whole rather than lacking, not in need. The body is reminding us to make sure we're getting sleep, nourishment, and exercise. Restlessness is a wake-up call for us to take care of ourselves. Nothing outside of us that can ever fill us up in a way that could satisfy our hunger for experience. This is not a time to numb or to run away. Rather, it's a call to come closer, to pay attention, to find enjoyment in the natural world, and to develop a deeper understanding of life. Our work is to recognize the expectations that we place on life, and to understand and to learn to accept that here in this lifetime, all symphonies remain unfinished. Wow, Richard, that last line. I, was, I had so much more written down, and then that last line hit, and I was like, whoa, that's beautiful, that all symphonies remain unfinished. And you know what? Like, that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's I, you and I both know this from writing songs, but like, I think there's no better point in songwriting and in the creative process like i've always wanted it like it, it to stay in a song when it's like three quarters of the way done is the mm -hmm. most magical time in a song because it has so much possibility and potential and then once you shut it down and finish it it's like that's that's what it is and i no longer really am connected it, with it in the same way it's exactly not you know mm -hmm. and i think that symphony example is such a beautiful picture of how we live our lives well. Like if we're living our lives well, of course it's not a complete symphony. <laughs> if it was complete, you'd be dead. Well, you know? I, I think the thing the thing about it is, is we're always going through life looking for completion. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. and that's the restlessness. How do I satisfy this restlessness? Hmm. Maybe it can't be satisfied, and we just need to be with it. Yeah. No, that's that's really beautiful. Because our, our need to satisfy that restlessness can be what causes damage or what causes pain. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, especially, like, at least for me, kind of in early sobriety, that restlessness, this, the solve for that is usually, like, I just want my life to go back to the way it was, right? And that's, that's like... It's not completion, but I think we all have that little dance with ourselves where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I just, I'm trying to get back to like the just get, here. Yeah, and I think a lot of times that can happen with spiritual work or healing work. Yeah. I just want to get back to a place where I was feeling good. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is when we start to do healing work, there is no going back. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. We just have gained a new perspective. Hmm. I wonder, yeah, if you were to think about like growth in any other life form almost there's no tree saying like i just want to get back <laughs> to, to when i was a seed before. exactly i'm just trying it i loved it when i was like just a foot off the ground no like the whole thing is an upward movement and it, it you keep growing and you grow through it and you grow around it and you grow all of you know every different yeah. direction but getting back to something is actually a reversal it's, it's the opposite counter it's counterproductive and that's yeah. that's why most people pick up a drink or gravitate to habitual yeah. behavior because they're trying to get back to something that felt good. And I think this yeah. is the problem that I talk about a lot in this book, that a lot of the modalities for healing are mm. feel-good modalities. And 
Uh, and healing well, is not necessarily about feeling good. It's about feeling is, everything. This is so fun that this comes up on the same day. This is how this works. It's how the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, works. But like I was walking down, uh, I'm working this new job now in the offices on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. And if you walk down Wilshire from where this is, you'll hit the, the ocean. Uh, and so I was just walking down that street and wanted to kind of just you know go see the ocean for a minute in the day i realized i've been here for like a month and a half i have not seen the ocean <laughs> the whole time i've been here so it's like i'm just gonna walk down just peer down and at the end of that street there's a statue of saint monica and you can if you're really keen you can see that statue like way way down wilshire like she kind of oh, like just looks over not only all of santa monica but this street kind of connects all of los angeles and i think like the most random part about that is that like it that street, Wilshire Boulevard, it's like, uh, I, I can't even, it's like the, the the car row of therapist office. Like <laughs> there's wellness centers, therapy office, therapy office. There, It's just wellness and people trying to get better all the way up and down this street. And what's most fascinating to me about that is St. Monica had a son and that son's name was Augustine. And Augustine's key quote is you will not find, I forget what like what that, it's like you, our our heart is restless until it rests in you which is a very spiritual and fancy way of saying like, you have to find this bigger thing than yourself to right. put that energy into, because it's never going to be in anything else. Anything else is always just going to cause more restlessness. <laughs> but I just thought, how funny is that, that this, the mother of the person who had that quote is staring down the barrel of all of these people trying to get well. And right. how often that doesn't work you know, and how it, often it, people are just ping-ponging across the streets. <laughs> and you're, you're doing all these feel-good things that right. th they feel good, they feel right. good, but it's, right. it's, it's momentary, you know, and, and the, yeah, the real, yeah. real feel-good is, is having some, is, is understanding something larger than yourself and giving yourself the possibility of having a wider view. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just talking to somebody about that today. It's like, you begin to see things larger than just your situation, your circumstances, your restlessness is larger than you. It's the restlessness of humanity. It's mm. the restlessness of the entire planet. Restlessness mm. is a part of what is, it's part of the human experience and our tr always trying to fix that restlessness is what can cause us unhealthy behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And trying to, yeah, just trying to mute it. For all a all symphonies. The yeah. All symphonies is. remain unfinished. The, mm -hmm. And so the life is going to be unfinished. We're going to have these unfinished moments. We cannot yeah. satiate everything. We cannot have every experience. We cannot taste everything. We cannot experience everything. It's just not possible. But yeah. our, our human desire is, and again, you know, the spiritual work is about what am I doing with my desire? Yeah, yeah. That, and if I speak to that, because I think it's been a long time on the podcast since people have heard where that quote comes from. But like, what is that idea of that? I mean, Ronald and... Ronald Rollheiser talks about this a lot. That the spiritual work is about really what I'm doing with my desire. And if I if and I'm it's either uh, it's either life promoting or not life promoting. Mm -hmm. And if I'm trying to satiate that desire. Is it something that's pulling me forward or is it something that's stopping me? But a lot of, because a lot of times we will make these choices that, uh, that are, we're ending that desire because it's too painful to sit with. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Well, and I think you you find little things like a drink or like a drug, but even even more sneaky. Maybe it's like a relationship or maybe a partner or or wanting totally. sex or having lust totally. or having totally. greed or having All wanting this to go our way or wanting somebody you know needing somebody to validate our experience or to tell us that we're beautiful or whatever needing that that needing validation that's you know that's yeah. Yeah. desire that's what i'm doing what, what a, I desire. i'm sorry that so many pastor stories are coming up today but like this is a like there's a huge story in like the judeo-christian sort of stream that's moses and he's led all these people out of the like in into this new reality out of slavery into new reality talk about restlessness they're just like always like what's next like are we going to be okay are we really going to be taken care of and they're constantly asking this question and moses is constantly having to clean up the pieces and the biggest example of that is he walks up the hill and he gets the ten commandments and he comes back down and they're all worshiping this golden calf that they've made he's literally been up there for a couple hours he comes back down everyone's worshiping a different god and the reason was Moses left for like 10 minutes, let's say, and then their restless mind started going to, oh, I'm not being taken care of anymore. Like that source of care has gone up the hill. I can't see it anymore. So I need to immediately find a new source of care. <laughs> and that's going to be this thing that I've made, this golden calf. But that's called like an idol. And what's fascinating about that is that we have idols all the time that cause our brain to do the same thing. Our brains right. go on idol. So we are mm -hmm. just idling when we're worshiping that thing, whether that's that drink or that drug. We're Success. not like a car idling yeah. is not driving. It's just on, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's what we're doing when we're participating with an idol. We're idling. We're just sitting there like a car that's on burning all of our gas, but not going anywhere special. You know, I, I just I think, you know, this idea of restlessness, this dis-ease, this this uncomfortableness that people feel. I think it's really important for us to take a look at. I think it it really is what is my desire here. A lot of times when I'm working with people in recovery that have picked up a drink, it's like, what were you wanting from the drink yeah. that you don't think that you could have gotten on your own? Yeah. Well, that's a really fascinating question if you're going to do like the good hard work around that. I mean, I mean, yeah. what were you wanting from this substance yeah. or this situation that you, on some level you don't think you could have given yourself? Yeah. I have to remind myself of that in early sobriety all the time. When I have like a craving or something pops in, like the only times I truly want to drink, like nowadays, if I'm being honest, are in social situations where I want to be mm -hmm. more confident or want to be more, mm -hmm. you know, more of something that I believe that thing right. gives me when the truth is that stuff is you, all in here. It's always, <laughs> I, it's always available. It's, it's just there. that it, again, we have this tendency to kind of slip into to a, a sense of lack um in, yeah. instead of a sense of wholeness i instead of seeing that we have everything we absolutely need to mm -hmm. be okay we slip mm -hmm. into this place of lack and i think it's it's this fear based mentality that comes from that you know it's we're almost born with it we have fear that we're not going to be taken care of we're not going to yeah. be fed that we're not going to be nurtured that we're not going to be protected yeah and yeah. so the minute, the minute we start to feel this sense of lack, we're looking for this sense of security, this sense of safety, this sense of enoughness that comes. Mm. And that is, that's the restlessness, I think, that happens. And it is endemic to every human being on the planet. Yeah. 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 But and I think it's, it's 
I love like there's a there's a phrase in the rooms of recovery, which is like restless and irritable and discontent. And I think mm-hmm. that that really is sort of like a, a roadmap. <laughs> Your restlessness, mm-hmm. if you if you just keep feeding it these soft little, you know, mm-hmm. fixes, it's going to lead to you being irritable. And then that's even mm-hmm. harder to fix. And then it's going to lead to discontentment. And that's almost right. impossible to fix. <laughs> and you, so far, you're just so far down the hole that it's going to take a whole lot to bring you back up, you know? Yeah, Cause you start, you start to find out that that restlessness is not really being fixed by these softball items that you're trying to use to fix it with. Right. It's like duct tape. It's <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just trying to put duct tape on this thing until it works. And the truth is like, it's no, it's, it's never going to yeah. work. You know, I think, yeah. yeah, I think this disease of restlessness is a really powerful topic. I don't think, I don't hear it talked about a whole lot. No, and I think it's a key issue in all of our lives. I mean, our phones are a key example of our restlessness. Like, I can't mm-hmm. be in a place now where I, I like, I look around. There's no way you're gonna see anybody looking up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. everyone is heads down, like in their in their own world. I was just because I've been riding the I've been riding the train to work, um, and it's fascinating. I'm in a tube with like a hundred other people. And no one is interacting with each other. And I get that. Like a lot of that is you just don't want to interact <laughs> with the people mm-hmm. around there. But the other side of that is it's so sad. I realized like if I wanted to like strike up a conversation with someone, the only way to do that would be somehow to find them on their phone. Because like to just humanly say hi would be the weirdest thing in the whole world. Is, it, it would, like, and it somehow, would, it's yeah. like startling almost, you know? Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're only supposed to be here <laughs> in this mm-hmm. phone, you know? And that's, that's kind of the reality that we live in right now is that all that restless energy, like that should be pointing towards maybe our need for community, maybe our need for like deep relationships is all being poured into social media likes and scrolling and the new follow, like all that stuff. That's just an idol for what the real thing is, which is mm-hmm. real connection and real relationship and, and real relationship and connection is hard. And so like, and, <laughs> yeah, and because most people, because most people are really not deeply connected to themselves. Exactly. No, that's, and that restlessness is a key feature in that. And I think what's, when I was going through your, um, uh, your reading, uh, it there was a line in there that said we're so focused on our own heartache that we can't. Yeah. I, I forget what the like the the second part of that was, but we're so focused on our own heartache that we can't see what's really going on. And I think we're, with our we are so focused on our own heartache that it's often difficult to open and be set and to be open and receptive to practices that might soften the bite in the internal ache of our dis-ease yeah yeah it's like we're we're on the mountaintop but we're face down at the floor just staring at the ground (laughs) and there's Mm -hmm. no way you're going to see anything else from that perspective even though you might be at a really beautiful place you know like you're just going to be seeing what you choose to see and that heartache thing i think that's uh, it's it's so powerful because we we just feel the pain of it and so we're not really when the pain is that acute, our desire is our automatic desire is to fix that pain. Right. Right. Ra- rather right. than f- focus on the difficult practice, because the practices to fix it are really pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they require us to take a walk in nature, or sit quietly with ourselves and mm-hmm. recognize where that, where those thoughts are coming from. And, and that's the difficult piece. And that's where I see so many people having a difficult time, relating to themselves Mm. and to what their pain is 
they're yeah. rather than relating to what their pain is or trying to understand it, they're mm-hmm. focused on trying to fix it. Yeah. I, I, I just learned this, um, this breathing technique that you, you know, you take three like sharp breaths in through your nose and then you're supposed to exhale and that helps you sort of activate the logic center in your brain. There's all this like weird science behind it, but it just, it's there to help me with anxiety, like those kind of things. And I've started using it, but I've recognized in myself that what drives me nuts about it is it takes 10 of those for it to make even the slightest small difference. And 10 of those takes a long time, like to actually do that and do it. So like when you're in there and you're at like number three, you're like, fuck this. Why isn't this working? Exactly. <laughs> I think that's, that's not working fast at. enough. Exactly. And I think that's where we're all at with like, sometimes we'll really try and do the right thing. We'll try and take the right healing path but it doesn't work fast enough for us like the drink does or the drug does. And the truth is like actual healing and actual rest, which I love like that, the opposite of that restlessness, just, just Mm -hmm. that rest that takes deep time. That takes like, like commitment. And it's like going to the gym commitment. Like you've got to really be there for that to take hold. And it's not going to happen in just one day. Like you're not going to all of a sudden find all the rest in your life and then live your life a different way that that doesn't generally happen. <laughs> it takes a right. lot it takes a decision to do that and then a practice to unfold and then before you know it you're standing in that miracle but it's definitely it, not in, It's almost like I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this shit. Exactly. No, that's it. And I think our heartache like that's the thing screaming at us. Like can't you see mm-hmm. how painful this is? There's no way you'll last 5 days if it's going to take that long. You need to take the drink now so mm-hmm. that it'll be over now. And, and exactly that's a, that's a severe distrust in our own ability to heal to, and exactly and potential you know yeah i think it's so really wanna, power uh, yeah should we close it out with it yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take us out on that reading powerful reading, Re- richard that's beautiful thank you restlessness is described as the inability to be still the need to constantly move the struggle to be at rest It may affect us mentally or physically, and it could be the result of mental health issues or even withdrawal from substances. When restlessness is a part of our everyday experience, and once we have engaged the proper professional help, we can look to its spiritual implications. This struggle to be at rest, to be where we are, can be seen as a greed for experience. Our bodies, our minds, and our hearts are seeking satisfaction. Although this can motivate us in positive ways, it can also drive us outward so that our actions don't issue from a free center, but rather from compulsion. Our lives can become consumed with the idea that unless we experience everything, see everything, are a part of a large number of people's experiences, we are small and meaningless. We can become impatient with every hunger, ache, irritation, and pain, and believe that nothing can alleviate this discomfort. We set ourselves up, filled with expectations that cannot be satisfied, convinced that all lack, all tension, and unfulfilled yearning is tragic. We are so focused on our own heartache that it's often difficult to be open and receptive to practices that might soften the bite and the internal ache of our dis-ease. The program of recovery acknowledges the struggle with restlessness and the compulsivity that result. The 11th step, 
The step involving prayer and meditation is the one step we can do out of order, as it might be a more immediate antidote to our restlessness and help us manage our need to interrupt our experience. Utilizing the tools of meditation, we can recognize our impulses and the tendency to grasp for experience, allowing for a more mindful response. With gentle practice, we can gradually gain clarity and relate to our thinking in a healthier way, aiding stress reduction. Breathing exercises can neutralize the fight or flight response, not holding feelings and thoughts inside. Finding others to talk to about what we are experiencing can also be helpful, as well as getting our feelings out through journaling or exercise. There are different solutions to what we are feeling. In the ache of restlessness, we learn to reframe our experience to remind ourselves that our solution is inside. Seeing ourselves as whole rather than lacking, not in need. The body is reminding us to make sure we're getting sleep, nourishment, and exercise. Restlessness is a wake-up call for us to take care of ourselves. Nothing outside of us that can ever fill us up in a way that could satisfy our hunger for experience. This is not a time to numb or run away. Rather, it's a call to come closer, to pay attention, to find enjoyment in the natural world and to develop a deeper understanding of life. Our work is to recognize the expectations we place on life and to understand and learn to accept that here, in this lifetime, all symphonies remain unfinished. <laughs>